e-commerce scaling strategies, traffic, conversions, profitability, investments, and exit strategies. The most successful entrepreneurs reveal their secrets to e-commerce growth. Brought to you by Sales Genomics. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We've got with me today, Alex. Uh, Alex is the global project manager in Simply VAT. And the guys at Simply VAT, what they do is they help e-commerce businesses start trading internationally and compliantly by taking care of all the compliance duties when it comes to VAT and things like that in all the uh, complicated countries outside of the US. So thanks a lot for being here, Alex. Thanks a lot for doing that. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Thanks. Awesome, cool. So can you can we start by you giving us a little bit of an intro about uh, what do you guys do and uh, you know how, how is this relevant to, to the e-commerce businesses out there? Yeah, sure. So um, our CEO kind of started up the business back in 2013 uh, because nobody was speaking to e-commerce businesses about their VAT obligations um, as simple, like in plain terms. Um, there was a lot of smoke and mirrors around uh, VAT obligations. So she started up Simply VAT to kind of take away the, the fog around um, sellers' obligations. And uh, now we specialize in e-commerce um, and international tax for e-commerce businesses um, specifically. So when you're trading abroad, what triggers different VAT obligations, um, you know, filing or getting companies VAT registered, um, along with uh, doing all the ongoing VAT compliance, such as VAT returns, um, liaison with the tax authorities, and any audits as well, um, we can assist with. Mm -hmm. That's that's perfect. That sounds good. Because so the reason that I originally reached out to you, and I think um, I think I met some of your colleagues on the on the conference in Las Vegas, was that a lot of our our, our clients and a lot of people in in our audience they are thinking about expand international expansion outside of the U.S. or maybe to the other countries within the EU. Um, but what they, what, what the kind of overwhelming response that I get is that um, companies refrain from expansion because they believe that the process is very expensive, very uh, difficult, complicated, lengthy, and risky for them. So, um, so you know, I know that you guys have a little bit of different perspective of that, but you know, let me let me challenge it a little bit, and uh, if you can tell us, is this true? Is this process really that complicated, that risky, that expensive? Yeah, so I like to say that it's not as complicated as it seems, um, especially if sellers are based in America and they're used to sales tax or they're starting out there. Um, it, it, it does differ from sales tax um, completely. So it, it can be a bit scary, especially when you're looking at, you know, the UK's tax uh, VAT rates are 20%. A lot of sellers are like, wow, that's going to um, eat into my margins. But the reality is a lot of um, sellers here uh, or sorry, customers here in Europe, you don't actually, um, you don't see the taxes in your price because the price listed on Amazon or when you go to the local shop, it includes any of the taxes. So we don't actually realize how much is um, how much tax is included in something. So whatever price you set, um, it doesn't deter a buyer from buying it. So that's number one. Um, number two, is that you know when when we kind of break down VAT as a whole, I like to look at it in two different parts. So we have your import taxes and you have your sales taxes. So your import taxes as a seller, you need to pay whenever you're importing in um, your goods, whether it be through a pallet or individually. Um, you're going to be paying this import tax at customs, and the VAT is going to be charged at the rate um, depending on the country. So in the UK, it's twenty percent. 
um, in Germany, it's going to be 19%. When you import your goods, it's going to be charged at the cost value of your goods, plus any freight and insurance um, on top of that. Then you also have um, duties that are based on your commodity codes. The duties are non-reclaimable um, and it's just a, a fee that you have to pay, but your import VAT is reclaimable. So that 20% that you're paying when you import your goods is going to be offset on your VAT return. So technically um, it's, you know, it's balancing itself out and it's at 0%. You as, a, as a, um, a seller doesn't have to worry about paying that import taxes. So you get that back. Then when it comes to the sales tax, um, it's an indirect tax. So really, again, it doesn't, um, it doesn't impact you as a business. It should impact uh, the final customer. You're just collecting the uh, sales taxes on behalf of the government. So at the end of the day, um, you are charging it to your final customers. The final customers are paying that. You're collecting it. Keep it in a separate pot because it's not technically yours and then pay that over to the tax authorities on the monthly, quarterly basis, depending on when, um, you know, which country uh, defines when you need to pay that over. Uh, so that's why I kind of think it's not that difficult when you really look at it kind of broken down. Um, it's not supposed to be an impact on businesses. So if you are VAT registered, you can reclaim any purchase VAT and that import VAT I just talked about. So it's not supposed to be a burden to you. Gotcha, gotcha. So let's take a step back from the from the VAT in general, and uh, and let's let's focus on the general process of international expansion. So uh, what what does it look like for a company? Let's let's just take a company from the U.S. What is the process like from the legal standpoint? What kind of formalities do I need to arrange to be able to start selling in uh, in the U.K. or any other European country? Yeah. So there's always going to be, and depending on the country that you're operating in, um, each different country would have their different regulations um, when importing your goods. So when you're looking at um, the compliance as a whole, if you're selling technology products or if you're selling um, health and uh, health-based products, you know, with the different um, chemicals that are going into certain things, uh, you need to check with a compliance company that is going to be able to look into this for you to make sure that depending on the country that you're operating in or going to expand into, um, that your products are compliant and that you won't be getting fined or your products won't be getting stopped at the border. Now, it's not so, something that we technically look after ourselves at Simply VAT. However, there are other companies that you can um, reach out to to get this um, you know, sorted and, and help you uh, with your compliance obligations as a whole. Gotcha, gotcha. So basically, some uh, for the first step is to make sure that your product is compliant, right? In the in the country of of uh, that you're targeting. What's next? Do I need to set up a company, a separate corporate entity in the country that I'm targeting? How, how what's the next step? Yeah, so you don't necessarily have to set up a company. So I think that's another misconception. So I'm glad you raised it. Um, you don't have to set up a, a local company in Europe. Um, if you are based in the US, Canada, um, Australia, wherever you're based, you don't need to set up in Europe um, in order to start trading. So you can use your um, company based elsewhere um, in the world and VAT register with that company within um, Europe. It's not a problem. Uh, when it comes to registering a uh, non-EU-based company in specific EU countries, you do require what's called a fiscal representative. So fiscal representatives are um, local companies that are 
jointly and separately liable for the VAT owed by a non-EU-based company. So there's someone pretty much in the country that is uh, kind of there to grab, if you will, not actually, but um, but yeah, so that the tax authorities can have someone there to um, get the VAT off of should they not be able um, to, should the third country uh, company not pay their taxes. Um, now, with that being said, those fiscal representatives are going to charge extra um, either bank guarantees or extra fees to cover that risk involved in um, being jointly liable. So that's something to consider. So you can look to set up um, an EU-based company uh, somewhere like Ireland, um, or there's also um, a program that's really great for digital businesses called the Estonian e-residency program. It costs about 150 euros or something to get set up. Um, so yeah, it, it's something that you can, you can do to mitigate those fiscal representative fees, and then you can um, kind of separate out your, uh, your businesses, if you will, um, but it's not a necessity. Gotcha. So, so it sounds like you, uh, the, the, the things that you absolutely need to have is you need to have some fiscal representation, either, you know, just the person who's, uh, who's taking the joint responsibility or a company, and then you need to take care of your VT obligations, right? So this, this fiscal representatives, is there, are there also companies that take care of that? Uh, is that something that simply VAT, for example, takes care of? Yeah, so the fiscal representative is only required when you're looking to VAT register in specific countries like, say, France, um, Italy, Spain, Poland, you'll need those fiscal representatives um, as a non-EU-based company. Um, so unless you're expanding and VAT registering in those countries, you don't need the uh, fiscal representative right away. Um, but say if you come to Simply VAT and you are looking to sign up to Amazon's Pan-EU program, um, which has your stock held in each of those countries that I just listed, then you would need um, a fiscal representative in each of those countries. So what we do at Simply VAT is we um, have local, we work with local representatives and we keep all the communication in one space for you. So you don't need to be running around speaking in, in five different languages. Um, so you only have to talk to us and then you can just speak um, one language and whatever one you prefer, and then we'll organize it all for you. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and then you simply, then you mentioned that you ship your stock to the to the country where you want to uh, where you want to be trading in, right? Um, you mentioned there are some duties involved, and then you know the, the company like yourselves takes care of the VAT obligations, right? And the, for example, the fulfillment center would take care of the uh, deliveries, right? Anything else that uh, that is involved in this process? Uh, I mean, it really depends. There's so many different options on um, supply chains that, that people use. I've had people import their goods into one warehouse um, where they would sell B2B from there, but also then um, in, in using like a 3PL, for example, and sell B2B from that 3PL, but then filter products into um, Amazon's warehouses from there. Um, so it really depends on, on what your supply chain is. But the main uh, takeaway um, from a VAT point of view is wherever you are holding your stock, wh whichever country, whichever fulfillment center, you need to make sure that you are VAT registered in that country because holding your stock in a, an EU country triggers a, um, an obligation to be VAT registered as your stock becomes a taxable supply. So it's not the actual act of holding your goods in there, it's that once your goods are held there that they can actually be sent onwards and at that point they become taxable. So you need to make sure that you are um, VAT registered before you make that first sale onwards. 
Gotcha. So, so, so this is interesting. Let's talk about this for a while because you mentioned that there, or essentially, I know that there are different kind of thresholds for the VAT triggers, right? So one is based on whether you're holding stock in the country, and the other one is based on how much you're trading to a particular country if you're not holding stock in that one, right? So um, if you're an EU-based company, um, so say here in the UK, uh, as a UK-based company, we do have a threshold um, in the UK, and this is to help small businesses get off the ground. Um, so in the UK, it's an £85,000 threshold before you need to be UK VAT registered. However, this doesn't apply if you are based outside of the UK. So as soon as you are a non-UK-based business holding your stock in the UK, you need to be VAT registered right away. Um, so much like in Poland, you guys would have your own um, your own threshold, Germany, each country would, but it's only for their local residents and local businesses. Then we touch on the distant selling thresholds. So the distant selling thresholds are a great um, rule uh, for businesses testing out markets and kind of testing out their expansion plans. Um, so what I like to say is choose one main market where you're going to hold your products. Um, so that could be the UK, that could be Germany, whichever country that you know you think um, might be doing well for your products, you're going to hold all your inventory there. Then you're going to list your products on the different marketplaces that you'd like, um, say in Germany, France, Italy, Spain. And what you can do is you can sell cross-border from the fulfillment center in your home country where you choose. So you're going to be VAT registered, charging VAT, the local rate of VAT where you're registered. For example, in the UK, you're charging 20% on your goods cross-border. And then once you hit set thresholds set by the specific countries, in most EU countries, it's 35,000 euros. Um, but in Germany, Netherlands, and Luxembourg, it's 100,000 euros. Once you reach those thresholds, that is when you are going to have to VAT register in the inbound country, so where you've crossed over the threshold. After that, once you're registered, you're only going to be charging um, VAT wherever your goods are going to. So um, say we've crossed over the threshold from um, the UK into Italy, we're no longer going to be charging the UK VAT rate to our Italian customers. We're now only going to be charging the Italian VAT rate to the Italian customers. So it's going to now be, um, I think it's 22% in Italy. So you're going to be charging 22% from then on. Interesting. So um, it sounds like, you know, there are a lot of different thresholds, different countries. So what is the experience like for, for an e-commerce business who, for example, works with a company like yourselves? Because, you know, obviously most of them don't want to kind of go through the hassle of, you know, collecting all this data. And how does that, how do you guys integrate with, you know, all the different, um, you know, e-commerce management systems and platforms? Is that something that is done automatically or what is it like? Yeah, so it can be quite, um, you know, labor intensive if you have to be filing it yourself or if you're looking at, um, if you are enrolled, say, on the PNEU program where you're doing monthly filings. Um, so in, in countries like Germany and France and Poland and Czech Republic. So uh, in that case, what we do is we have um, API keys to, um, to different platforms like uh, Amazon, Shopify, eBay, um, and we're looking to expand that further. And then what we do on a monthly basis is pull all of that data um, on your behalf so that we can actually, um, we can actually collate that for you. So you don't have to worry about going into each of your different um, sales platforms and sales channels um, in order to get that information. Then we'll do the VAT calculations. 
um, the EC sales list, the control statements, the SAFT filings, whatever that needs to be done in that local country, and um, we'll send you a payment memo. And the payment memo um, is really your main responsibility as a Simply VAT customer. You need to pay the VAT directly to the tax authorities. So we'll tell you how much to pay, where to pay, when to pay, um, but you essentially have to make sure that you have that money to pay over to the tax authorities on a monthly or quarterly basis, whichever um, they require. Gotcha. So, so sounds like we've solved the question um, on whether international expansion is, is difficult and laborious, right? What about finance then? Uh, so how much, what are the costs associated with uh, expansion into, into new countries? Uh, what, do, what do we need to take into account? What kind of you know, ballpark figures are we talking about? Yeah, so it would depend on the, on the country that you're looking to enter into. Um, for the most part, our, our fees are £325 for the registration, um, but again, it depends on if that fiscal representation is required. Um, in that case, we have to incorporate our fiscal representative, um, their fees, and uh, it, it would depend on the country in that respect. So um, the best thing to do is call one of our team members, um, and what we'll do is we'll actually listen to what your expansion plans are, what you want um, to achieve, how quickly you want to enter a specific market, because not everyone wants to rush in. Some people want to uh, do one country at a time, um, but other, other times people want to sign up for the PAN-EU program right away. So we'll listen to your expansion plans, and then after that, um, we will give you the best advice from a VAT point of view on how to enter the market and, and what's the best, most economical way for you to enter. Um, you know, because you can use those distance selling rules to start um, testing the different markets to see where your, your products are going to do well. It's not always going to have to be, um, you know, sign up to everything all at once because that's not necessarily the most economical way for each and every business. So don't listen to, um, it, you know, there's never going to be a simple roadmap. Um, but yeah, you know, it's best to talk through it with, with someone who knows, um, you know, the different rules and regulations. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, so so first, of course, there's the costs uh, associated with with you know companies like yourselves, the fiscal representatives. You mentioned that the duties are the ones that are non-refundable. Um, any other costs that a business needs to get ready for when expanding international? Um, you'll definitely have to think about um, if you're launching a new product. You're going to need to look at any of your PPC costs if you're doing any sponsored ads. Um, you're going to have to look at um, your freight forwarder, your shipping and logistics and packaging, labeling. Um, again, if you need, if it's your first time entering uh, in and you have a specific product that you need to check to be compliant, make sure you're factoring that into your, uh, into your margins. Um, also, on top of that, look at, your, look at the different uh, Amazon FBA um, options because uh, some options, the Panic U program, yes, it does give you cheaper fulfillment. Um, so it looks cheaper, but when you think, when you factor in all the cost compliance on top of that, the VAT compliance, um, is it really economical for your business? Does that uh, cheaper fulfillment option actually outweigh the cost of compliance? So there's different things you need to consider. Um, and then, yeah, I think I, I, you would probably be able to add some more to that too, to that list. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah, I mean, but that sounds like from the legal standpoint, that's that's pretty much it, right? Of course, yeah, you need to yeah. enter the market. If you're entering a new market, then you better enter it on the, you know, <laughs> on the right, um, on, on high notes, right? And really invest into into that process so that you can build the same kind of brand as you did 
in the original country. Um, uh, one thing I would probably add as well is if you're looking to list your products on different markets, especially if you're entering the EU market, um, is translations, translating your listings, because that's super important to make sure that you, you know, that buyers are actually, if you're going to test a market, you may as well, you know, test it properly and, and actually translate your listings to see exactly how well your products will do. Not everyone will speak English. Um, so you need to make sure if you really want your products to do well, translate those. Yeah, and for sure, like one one big thing that I cannot emphasize more is, uh, you know, the shipping fees. The you you just cannot, you know, charge the international shipping rates to the customers because that's going to massively impact the conversion rates. And you know, the country may seem like, hey, there are no interested buyers there, but where in fact people just don't want to pay those prohibitive shipping fees, right? So that's the main, you know, reasons why you want to set up the fulfillment center in the country, uh, or at least, you know, if you want to validate it just test it out, just lower the shipping rate temporarily for that country and then test it out, right? Using some advertising strategy and things like that. And then, you know, get in touch with Alex to, to get you set up with VAT, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool, so, so a, few, a few more questions on the, on the process. So we touched on the costs. What about the, the length of the process? How long does it take to get uh, registered um, in, in, a, in, in a country in the EU? Yeah, so this would vary as well. Um, it just it depends on the country. Uh, in the UK, for example, it can take around four weeks to get VAT registered. Um, in France and Germany, it's taking a bit longer. It's taking about 10 to 12 weeks. Um, so when what I suggest is when you are looking to, to expand, um, start the VAT registration first, because if it does take 10 weeks to get VAT registered, you want to, uh, you can do so much more with your time in that 10 weeks whilst the tax authorities are processing your your application you could be setting up all your fulfillment options um your shipping you know uh testing getting your translations done etc um in that time so think about vat at the beginning of the process um so that you can actually you know use that time wisely but um yeah specific countries would take different amounts of time so i would say ballpark figure anywhere between maybe two weeks for um, quick countries um, and then up to about 10 to 12 weeks in France and Germany. Gotcha. So maybe let's let's flip it around a little bit. What are the consequences if, if I don't get VAT registered and I just want to start trading, trading in the EU? Yeah, so there's been a huge crackdown recently um, starting back in 2017 with the UK tax authorities. Um, last year we saw with the German tax authorities and now we have Austria and France catching up. Um, and what's happening is that because there's been so much VAT fraud from, uh, you know, not necessarily um, people within the EU, but, you know, people from outside of the EU starting to trade in, they don't, um, they don't know their obligations or they don't want to know their obligations when um, trading. So what's happened is this has created about a 7 billion euro um, loss a year to the tax authorities just from e-commerce sellers alone um, and not paying their taxes. So um, yeah, so what they've started to do is implement um, different auditing techniques. Um, it depends on the tax authority that's doing it, but they really want to capture those, um, those sellers that aren't being compliant. Um, so yeah, the tax authorities aren't afraid to audit. They now have put in new measures where marketplaces must share um, data uh, if asked or um, even on, a, on an annual basis with the tax authorities. Um, so there really is nowhere to hide at the moment. Um, what will happen is 
there, uh, if you do get caught out, your accounts can be suspended whilst an audit is going through the process, meaning you won't have any revenue coming through during that time. Um, and also there could be fines and penalties if you do get caught out and you have to backdate um, and you didn't pay taxes. There'll be fines and penalties and even interest payments on that as well. So um, they really are trying to crack down to avoid, you know, this um, all this fraudulent behavior. Um, so yeah, my advice would be to make sure if you do have an obligation for you did back a few years ago, get that squared up because it's not going to uh, go away. It's, you know, it's kind of going to be haunting you for a while until you do eventually get caught out. Um, and yeah, no one is invincible to this. So I would, yeah, I would really highly recommend making sure you, you take compliance seriously. Gotcha, gotcha. This is this is important for sure. Uh, so maybe one of the one of the questions that people may be thinking now: there are so many countries in the EU, right? So how do I decide which one to to go next? Uh, to go, you know, to try out first. So what are which countries are are the easiest to get into? And I know that you guys not just do the Euro, but you also do Canada, right? So this might be some low hanging fruit for the American customers. Um, and you know all the market factors aside, just from the legal and cost and and uh, kind of ease of entry perspective. Yeah, so if, especially if you're coming from the U.S., um, Canada, uh, Australia, the U.K. is one of the top two um, largest markets within the EU. So we also speak English. Um, I say we because I'm based here in the U.K., um, even though I don't have the accent. But uh, yeah we would you know we speak english i think it's probably one of the best um countries to enter into to start with um at the moment don't think about brexit because it's still such a large market even if uk goes through with brexit um now like you mentioned i want to touch upon canada because i was just when when i was out in vegas there was loads of um you know american sellers saying oh, I'm, you know, I don't even think about export. And I said, not even to Canada. And they said, no. And I said, well, this is such, like you said, low hanging fruit. Why aren't, why Amazon has even set up a really easy way to export to Canada. Um, and although the population isn't massive, it's not as large as the US, for example, but I would say, um, I think I saw a st statistic where it's like about 83% of people um, have access to the internet um, and are looking to buy online. So there's so much um, opportunity. And I think a lot of people, because now, you know, people haven't looked to expand into Canada, there's so much um, opportunity to get in there and to, to start selling um, to the market. If you do hold your stock in um, Canadian fulfillment centers, uh, you need to look into GST registering um, and potentially PST registering. Um, but again, I wouldn't let taxes kind of be a barrier to entry into the Canadian market um, because again, it's low hanging fruit. It's so simple to set up, um, get your products listed over there and start selling right away. Gotcha. So, so you mentioned Canada and, and UK sounds like the, the, the lowest hanging fruit. And then, you know, you can hold your stock in the UK and try out, test out new markets in the EU uh, without necessarily triggering VAT registration immediately. And then once you do, then, you know, it's, it's already a, a non-issue because you guys will take care of that. But also if the market is justifying the, the expansion, uh, if the demand is justifying the expansion, then it's, then it's more than worth it for sure. 
Exactly, exactly. As soon as you know that your products are doing well in a specific country, even if you don't want to wait until you reach the threshold, um, get registered and, you know, move your, clo your products closer to those final customers where you know that your products are doing well. Um, and then you can get that cheaper shipping costs and the cheaper fulfillment costs um, and have access to prime customers. So, but you got to think long term in this, in this, uh, from this point of view and see exactly where um, is best for um, you know, your expansion and yeah, take it one step at a time. Gotcha, gotcha. And are there any other issues that we didn't mention that uh, to, to look out for when, when, our, when you know, e-commerce businesses are expanding outside of the U.S.? I think um, the main thing to think of is go at your own pace because Amazon, I know, like to push people onto the Panning You program. They've really highlighted it um, as a big um, you know, success story for lots of businesses, but it's not necessarily going to be the right thing for every business. Um, and the Pan EU program uh, triggers seven VAT obligations, um, along with 65 VAT returns, 65 EC sales lists, and so on. So it, it can be quite a lot um, to think about. So I, I wouldn't just jump onto it right away um, because you need to think of the cost of compliance in there. Um, and your product might not might not do well in each of those markets. The Italian, um, you know, buyer behaviors are very different to um, something that's happening in Germany. So you need to be thinking of um, your category and do what's right for your business, not what's necessarily right for Amazon. Um, you know, yeah, I would just really highlight that. Make sure you take it, like I said, one step at a time. Awesome. That's that's super, super valuable. Is there anything else that we didn't chat about, but you think that is crucial for businesses to know before they start thinking about the expansion? Um, I, I would just also like to touch on any triggers. Um, if you're, okay, I'm gonna just throw out a few different ideas here. Uh, looking at the distance selling thresholds, again, make sure you're monitoring your distance selling thresholds if you are um, selling cross-border so that you can um, ensure that any, um, if you do cross over, or we like to say when you're about 10% away from crossing over the threshold, start getting that VAT registration in place so that you can make sure that you are compliant right from the time that you cross over. Um, and also, if you are drop shipping, um, a lot of people don't think about drop shipping, um, but if you are drop shipping your goods from a manufacturer, say within the EU, you need to be VAT registered from where your drop shipper is based. Um, and this is because you become the um, owner of the goods before it's sent onwards to the final customer. Although it doesn't seem like it, you never see a product, um, the transaction is between you and the manufacturer and then you and the end customer. So you are the owner before it goes off to the end customer. So make sure that you are getting registered wherever that manufacturer is based. Um, otherwise you can fall into, you know, um, being in compliant or uncompliant. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's something that not a lot of dropshippers talk about, <laughs> right? So yeah, you know how to, how to a, stay compliant. It seems like you're invincible on the internet and no government can touch you, but you definitely need to be careful. Absolutely, absolutely. It's something to think about. And I know um, a lot of marketplaces or um, platforms or, you know, manufacturers, um, dropshippers, they might not tell you about your VAT obligations, but that doesn't mean that um, you, can, you can hide away or you can say, hold your hands up and say, well, I didn't know. Um, you know, it's not a 
that's not an excuse. The tax authorities don't um, use that, in the, either they don't accept that as an excuse. So yeah, just make sure that you are, uh, you are making sure that you're remaining compliant um, and being educated. So even listening to this podcast is, is a great idea because if you're not educated, you won't actually know and you could trigger these obligations that um, could end you in hot water. So make sure that you are staying educated, keeping up to date with the, the different legislations or getting someone to do that for you, such as an external tax agency. Awesome, awesome. Any other resources you can recommend on the topic? Any books, any websites? Yeah, if people want to. <laughs> tax isn't everyone's favorite subject, that's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, we've we, on our blog, we've tried to dumb it, not dumb it down, that sounds bad, but we've tried to really make it as simple as possible um, and really just highlight the things that actually uh, are relevant to sellers directly instead of having to go through all the different legislations. Um, so you can check out our blog um, to, to stay up to date or follow us on any social media so that uh, you get those straight into your timelines to make sure that, that you're remaining up to date on that. Um, otherwise, the best kind of resources, if you wanted to keep up to date with um, the new rules that are coming into 2021, um, you can check out the European Commission site um, or you wanted to you can call the tax authorities for specific questions even though that's quite <laughs> yeah, painful <laughs> I, think, I think business e-commerce owners are, are pretty busy people right yeah. <laughs> so so you know it sounds like the best idea is just to reach out to a professional like yourself and then you know get let somebody guide you to uh to compliance right so I yeah would unless <laughs> unless myself. you really want to uh want to read the taxes <laughs> which the majority of people don't so don't um i'm not offended by that but yeah it, it, the best thing to do is just reach out and talk to someone specifically about your um your direct supply chain because everyone does it differently just because one person is doing it one way doesn't mean you should follow that exact route so um yeah speak to someone like us directly about your your taxes and we'll tell you exactly what you need to know um, so you don't need to go and research for five hours on taxes when you could fill that time with better, uh, you know, a better use of your time. So yeah, uh, if it's yeah. not something that interests especially you, especially this. Outsource it. Exactly, and especially if you're diving into a complex topic like this, you know, it's it's always associated with those massive feelings of uncertainty, right? And you know, everybody, all the advice is going to be conflicting and things like that. So definitely, like when it comes to legal aspects, always go to a professional. Um, cool. Uh, last question to you, Alex. What's your favorite country? <laughs> now, yeah. What What do you mean by favorite country? Is it my favorite country Any to visit country or from a tax? Oh, in the world. Well, I would say Italy is amazing because Italy has the best food, the best coastlines, the best wine. I would uh, highly suggest going to Italy um, for your next vacation. It's, if a, you can. it's a very good country <laughs> when, yeah. it's, when it's available. Okay. I know. I awesome. Know. <laughs> Sweet. So, what about? Uh, so, how can people reach out to you if they want to learn more or get some personalized advice on, um, you know, their supply chain and which country to pick and things like that? Yeah, so um, the best thing to do is go to simplyvat.com and you can fill out a contact form um, or you can give us a call directly and we can speak to you, not a problem. Um, the other alternative is to email here to help at simplyvat.com. Um, and we also have a special discount for Sales Genomics uh, podcast listeners. So if you quote Sales Genomics to um, a member of our team, we will be able to give you a special discount on your registration. So yeah, 
hopefully um, that giving you good. enough knowledge to keep going. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Alex. This is this is super helpful. Hopefully, not just uh, for our listeners, but actually, I'm I'm getting you know I got a lot of value from this, and it gets it will get our clients a lot of clarity for sure. Um, so glad. thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot for staying till the very end. This was e-commerce scaling strategies by Sales Genomics brought to you by Matt from Sales Genomics. If you're interested in more tips and strategies on how to scale your e-commerce business, visit our Facebook group called e-commerce scaling strategies by Sales Genomics or follow us on social media.